Welcome to our third segment of this afternoon's program. It's Sunday, the 15th of August, 2021. It's now 2.25 in the studio. I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. Good afternoon. Uh, in this discussion, we wish to get the opinion of our panel on uh, the political events surrounding the protest of Sunday the 8th, uh, and we're going to be starting with the Prime Minister's response. Uh, there was a high level of shock at the manner in which the police dealt with the situation and a lot of resentment. Um, the sentiment of the protest itself was, uh, as I said before, across a spectrum. It was anti-vax, it was pro-vax choice, uh, it was anti-state of emergency, anti-restrictions, a mixed bag of, of, of various persons with various different views, but all with that um, common strain in that they wish to come out and protest. Um, following the gassing of the crowd and um, some rioting that took place in response, uh, the Prime Minister Gaston Brown delivered what many have criticized as a, a political or campaign style address to the nation where he blamed the main opposition, United Progressive Party, for the entire fiasco. Uh, so on this segment we ask, um, is the Sunday the 8th protest being politicized as the issue of growing frustration with public health policy goes unaddressed? Uh, joining our panel for this discussion, we have Dr. George Brathwaite, and I will ask all our guests to uh, unmute their microphones, um, but we have Dr. George Brathwaite. He's a lecturer in the Department of Government, Sociology, uh, Social Work, and Psychology at the University of the West Indies, Cavill. Uh, he's also the former consultant editor of the Caribbean Times. Uh, of course, that's a newspaper in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, good afternoon to you, Dr. George Brathwaite, and how are you doing? Good afternoon, Kiron. Good afternoon, panel. Good afternoon, all Antigua and Barbuda. Good afternoon, Caribbean. I'm uh, just feeling saddened for my brothers and sisters in Haiti, and I extend well wishes to, to, to that people who've gone through way too much. Uh, we are also joined by Mr. Alex Bruno. Mr. Alex Bruno is a political analyst. He is adjunct instructor of politics at the Palm Beach State College. He's also a national of Dominica, and he, of course, has appeared on this program before uh, discussing issues of Caribbean politics and Caribbean policy. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Alex Bruno, and how are you doing? Hey, Kieran, I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be here again and to share the panel with both George and Dwyer. I'm looking forward to a very spirited engagement. I'm saddened as well at the state of uh, politics, not, not, not just in, in Haiti, but throughout the Caribbean. I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a sign of a thing that continues throughout the trade of our Caribbean islands, and I'm hoping that we can make some sense of it today. And uh, finally, we have Mr. Dwyer Astefan. He's an attorney joining us from St. Kitts and Nevis, where he was a member of parliament for three terms. Uh, he was also a cabinet minister holding portfolios such as tourism, culture, environment, uh, national security, commerce, justice, at various points over 13 years. Uh, Mr. Dwyer Astefan, how are you doing this afternoon? We're happy to have you. Good afternoon. I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm going to play. I do wish to, if I may, extend my sympathies to the people of Haiti for this terrible damage from the earthquake. We don't know how much damage yet. And I do agree with Mr. Brathwaite. They just keep getting blows, you know? It's so sad. I'm going to play a, a, a clip just to, to start off this segment to get your reaction, Mr. Dwyer Stefan. What is clearly evident, democracy is now at risk because desperate political figures have joined with known criminal elements to violate the rule of law and promote lawlessness in the hope of ruining our country for their own jaundiced political purposes. Political violence and savages' behaviors have no place in our democracy. Therefore, we should continue to collectively resist the aggression of those who seek to undermine the rule of law and to create chaos and confusion in our society. My dear countrymen and countrywomen, 
We must remain eternally vigilant against the violence of the partisan few who continue to operate in the dark and shadows to destroy our country. We, the well-thinking people of our country, cannot allow opposition politicians and their criminal followers to succeed so that they could ravage and pauperize us again with their gross incompetence and unmatched corruption in which they squandered hundreds of millions of dollars of our scarce resources. Uh, Mr. Dwyer Asifan, what do you make of the Prime Minister's national dress in response to the protest? At a time of heightened frustration, resentment at the police, and, and shock by many who felt that the force used to disperse the protest was excessive. I could be long about it, but I won't. They'll be very short. Nonsense is the word. Um, democracy is now at risk. I think the biggest threat to democracy in these islands are the governments. Um, known criminal elements. I don't think you should be getting that from politicians who are in office. They know a lot about known criminal elements. Political violence has no place in our democracy. The incumbents exercise political violence every day on the people of these countries. And the opposition and their criminal followers must not be allowed to succeed. I suppose only governments, parties in governments and their criminal followers must be allowed to succeed. So it's a very unfortunate comment by the Prime Minister, and uh, by and large nonsensical, with the greatest of respect. Uh, Dr. George Brathwaite, your your uh, reaction. I, I'll actually, I'll just give you a, a, just another another a bit of information, I should say another bit of information, another reaction that came out. Uh, there was a local attorney who commented on Facebook, Dr. Brathwaite, after the PM's address. Uh, he said, quote, uh, that the Prime Minister's statement about the issue on Sunday really missed the mark. Uh, this is not a war between the ABLP and the UPP. Uh, he questioned whether some politicians are stoking people's ignorance uh, and exasperation for political benefit and said that even if uh, that is the case, um, that's what politicians do. But uh, the moment itself was a moment to be the leader of the country and not a leader of the ABLP. Uh, what is your own uh, thinking about the Prime Minister's response, uh, Dr. Brathwaite? Um, you know, sometimes our, our own character and natural inclinations do not gel well with circumstances. I thought it was most unfortunate that the Prime Minister would have preference the use of political hyperbole and exaggeration to get some basic points across but put in the full context of the protest permission or lack of permission and police when you put all of these narratives together in my opinion there was gross strategic tactical operational failure that demonstrated a lack of flexibility that could have easily diffused the situation rather than intensify it. And now Prime Minister Brown and the police have a bigger problem on their hands. Uh, and uh, Mr. Alex Bruno, uh, I'm going to play another uh, clip for you uh, that will be Gaston for, um, and uh, I'll ask a question afterwards. The fact that the police had to resort to using tear gas to disperse the illegal gathering was unfortunate. But this action was due to the aggression of protesters 
open violation of the laws, the defiance of police warnings, as well as the threat posed to the wider community. Uh, so we, we have very clearly the Prime Minister uh, in his address standing behind the police saying, uh, backing up their account of, of events. Uh, and, I, and I must say quite clearly that um, the issue of, of protesters marching uh, and whether or not they were or were not marching, they were not marching. Um, so I think we can leave that there. They weren't moving, they weren't marching, they were staring at the two riot trucks. But anyway, um, what do you make of the, the Prime Minister's response to the entire fiasco? Well, I think it's inflamed speech, which does not fit the frame in which the, fit supposed to, the speech is supposed to fit. Um, and I hear, I've heard a similar speech delivered by a, another politician from Dominica following a major protest on the eve of the 2019 elections where the RSS descended on a particular area called Salisbury and really caused some havoc on the people there early in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. And the justification for that was the same justifications that I'm hearing there. So I'm not too sure whether there's a connection between those kind of speeches. And as my other colleague says, uh, said, th this trend is, 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 is not just frightening. It, is, it calls us to attention. And we should probably have a thing or two to say about the way in which our leaders seem to want to respond to <clears throat> the people who are demanding basic basic things. And, and again, inflated over-exaggeration, I think the Prime Minister probably needs to speak to his advisors and councillors and probably try and walk back that speech and talk to the Antiguan and Barbudans. They will listen. But I, I am not too sure how much he's going to connect with what I just heard from these two clips. Uh, Mr. Dwyer Astefan, what do you think that persons who participated on Sunday will take away from that, that national address? I mean, you, you, you participated in a protest. Uh, the police uh, came and said, you know, you're here unlawfully and we want you to move. You determined, look, I'm, I'm exercising my rights. I, I don't think I should move. Uh, all of a sudden, you're tear gassed. Uh, it turns into a massive fiasco. Uh, you go home and the next day, the prime minister is on, on uh, national television uh, and he makes his address. What do you think uh, persons will take away from that? Um, as Alex just said, I think it will only exacerbate an already bad situation. Good policing is not so much about being a police force. It is being about a police security and peace service. These people had applied, as far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Murder, for permission maybe two weeks prior mm -hmm. and were ignored until the Friday before the Sunday. That could be very easily interpreted as an attempt to run the clock on them so that when the response would be given, it wouldn't give them enough time to appeal the, 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 the finding, the decision. The people in Antigua, just like all of these other islands, 18 months of lockdowns, 18 months of joblessness, deprivation, you're in your house, in a little house, you don't know where the next penny is going to come from. It's uncertainty, frustration, anxiety. And this is being borne out in medical health and, and domestic violence data that are coming out. It must lead to frustration and anger. And the very muscular approaches by our governments, the confusing messaging by the governments, have served only to exacerbate these already bad conditions. And I can fully understand the people 
even, and I'm not saying, even if the people broke the law, people are going to break the law in circumstances of injustice. You cannot lock people in to your little cubby holes that you want to put them in and expect them to comply and abide and things like that forever. And I can understand the frustration of the people. Now you say they were not matching, but even in a state of emergency, what is to stop the four of us here from taking up placards and, and, and walking around? Unless you have good reason to tell people they must not go on the streets. And it must be good reason. So the, 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 the people who were there, in my view, were by and large, you're always going to have a troublesome element. God knows we have too many of them running these countries already. But among the citizenry, you can understand the frustration and the anger. And then to be tear gassed, this is going to have some serious repercussions. And I believe it's a regional wave that's unstoppable. Eh? It may have started in St. Lucia. Dr. George Brathwaite, uh, I, I want to uh, play another uh, clip for you, which would be QT1. Um, we, we have it, Joe? We have QT1? Okay, lovely. I'm going to play this clip for you, uh, Dr. George Brathwaite, and you, you tell me uh, what you think. I'll ask a question after. Anyone who believes or group that they can breach the law with impunity, let them try. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I've heard what is going to be planned, and I shall make in contact with the authorities to deal with the matter, yes. should it occur. But I'm not aware of that. I've not been told of any such thing. I shall investigate. Indeed. But before I go, Colin, I want to make one further point, yes. and this is this. Yes. Please don't misunderstand what I said. The government's position is that there's no mandatory vaccination at this point. Mm -hmm. At this point, it's voluntary. Yes. But we may be called upon, look at it, in light of what Max said, as we move forward. And at the same time, too, I just wanted to make the point that Antigua and Barbuda will never, never be allowed to become a lawless society. Mm -hmm. So if they believe, they, that small group of persons believe, that law enforcement will back down when they engage in unlawful behavior, they have another thing coming. We will not allow this country to become a lawless society. Uh, Dr. Brathwaite, what do you make of the, that was a public safety minister, Steroy Benjamin, by the way, he's also the attorney general. What do you make of his warning the day before the event? I ask that question because uh, a lot of people have interpreted it um, in such a way that they feel that the, the, the police's actions were politically motivated. Now, I don't have anything in front of me to say that, but um, a lot of people uh, 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 are disappointed that he made such a statement. But w what do you think? Uh, was it reasonable to have, to have issued such a warning the day before? I know the Attorney General quite well, and uh, I don't think they call him cutie for nothing. Certainly, he is a man of words, and I do not think on this occasion he would have chosen the best words to use. I think his words were too muscular. They could be interpreted as perhaps uh, the match to light the fire. That said, I still under I understand the sentiments in terms of you don't want your uh, your society to descend into any lawless society. I understand that. None of us want that. And I am wondering to what extent did the circumstances and perhaps St. Vincent feed into the thinking 
of the political operatives in Antigua. Because by any stretch of the imagination, this was a this is perhaps the worst stroke played by the ABLP since they have returned to government, since 2014. I, I think it was a terrible political stroke, and there's no sense stoking fires when already people have been fed a day of misinformation, disinformation. Uh, there is uncertainty and the natural fear in terms of their rights and, uh, and to what extent can the state mandate. So when you put all of these things into context, you have to be looking to soften, empathize, diffuse. You can't use muscular language. And I'm Attorney Benjamin, I know he knows better. He probably he means well. I have no doubt he means well. I have no doubt the Prime Minister means well. But at the same point in time, you have to take the totality of the situation and, and frame it. Because otherwise you're going to create it's political suicide, it's political damage. Uh, Mr. Alex Bruno, um, before I ask you the next question, I want to pick up on what Dr. George Brathwaite just said in terms of uh, being able to diffuse, soften, and empathize. That, that does not, in my own opinion, uh, seem to be something that um, many politicians are good at doing, uh, you know, falling into the role of a statesman uh, as opposed to what I would describe as constantly campaigning. Uh, is that something that you notice as well? Do you agree with that, that we, we have a lot of uh, 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 political uh, figures across the region who are always campaigning? It doesn't matter what the situation calls for, what mood, what atmosphere, they are always on a, a soapbox. Yes, yes, on both sides, huh? in and out. Um, and it is lacking, I think, in Caribbean politics. I think at this time, I think Dwyer said it earlier, and I agree, and Judge, I would imagine, would agree as well. We need a, a sort of new mindset, you know, in terms of Caribbean leadership. The Caribbean have transformed, have changed underneath the leaders, but the leaders are still adamant that the region should be led the way that they are leading the region. I mean, if you take a very microscopic look at the Caribbean region and its people, we have shifted, and our leaders are not shifting with us. So the rhythm of the Caribbean is out of sync with the mentality of our Caribbean leaders. That is the problem here, you know. So the, I mean, um, George spoke about the muscle and the language. You do not inflame a situation that's already on fire with such rhetoric. And I honestly believe that the, the wonderful minister meant well. Probably he's under siege, under fire, under stress. But you still have to take a deep breath, talk to a few councillors, and measure the words you use to the people. Because there is no way any politician or any military is going to have more power than the people. Because you are using the people's power. If Antigans decide to take out Brown and his team, they will take them out. Either by the ballot or by the riot. No, we don't want riots, you know. So talk to the people. Upstairs has a song. He said, I'm coming down to talk to you, VC. That song is very, very, very vital at this time. And the leaders of Antigua and Barbuda should take it seriously. Listen to that song from King Abstinate. And put, I mean, cool down the rhetoric and talk to with the people from Antigua and Barbuda. They will listen. And the people, too, must also speak with the government. Because there can be harsh rhetorics all around. And if anybody threatens the prime minister of Antigua and Barbuda, that's wrong. And I, I condemn that as well. 
but there must be a cooling down and i think it is more on the side of the people who administer the people of the caribbean who uh, needs to cool down uh, and mr dwyer astafan let me ask you uh, it was mentioned by dr george brathwaite uh, and it's, it's a big question in this entire uh, event uh, to what extent was the mindset of the police on the day in question and the mindset of uh, persons in government affected by what they saw taking place in St. Vincent and the Grenadines? They witnessed the leader of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, uh, Dr. Ralph Gonzalez, injured, wounded in a protest. Uh, protesters were pelting them with missiles. Um, and th there were, or there was an element at that protest that was violent while it was going on uh, in terms of setting things on fire and so on. And of course, uh, there was an outpouring of condemnation. And there had at the same time been in Antigua and Barbuda an increase, especially on social media, of comments and threats towards public officials. And, and, and persons were making, uh, I mean, if you read these comments, persons were making links and say, oh, you see what happened in St. Vincent? Well, you know, it's time Antiguans do this and it's time Antiguans do that. Do you think that that environment, that atmosphere contributed to some sense of, uh, uh, I don't know, the, the, the perception of the threat on Sunday the 8th was just totally skewed. It's as if persons thought that they were in St. Vincent and the Grenadines and Ralph Gonzalez had just had his head bust. Well, I'm going to perhaps make myself a little controversial here and says, yes, it must have had some influence, but why not? Let me, if you just allow me a minute to explain myself, because I too do not condone violence. But you had a crowd of people in St. Vincent, and let me reach out to Adriana King and her cousin Keston King, who were both arrested on Friday night in St. Vincent, still in police custody. You know how sometimes they like to take you in on a Friday so that they'll keep you in until the Monday before you're taken to a magistrate and give you a little punishment when they're pretty well confident that there is nothing to bring charges on really, but just to put you in your place. When you oppress and suppress and silence and force people into a corner, it's natural for them to respond. Now, the crowd in St. Vincent were gathering peacefully. Dr. Gonzalez on his way to parliament decided, and they were angry with them, and he decided to go into the crowd now if that is not stupid or in itself inciting then i don't know what is well let me let me let me let me jump in there let me jump in there because my understanding uh, from especially from the conversation that we had on this program uh, last week sunday was that uh, his motorcade was moving towards parliament um uh, the their their uh, the government's account of events is that uh, their path in was blocked um, I, but uh, there was a, a gentleman, Mr. Jomo Sanga Thomas, who said that he observed the entire thing. He was actually on the program last week and this week, just um, in the first segment. Uh, he said that the motorcade was some ways back. But in any event, the motorcade was trying to get into Parliament. It was blocked. The Prime Minister got out and attempted to do so on foot. Uh, many people have criticized uh, the decision of his security to allow him to do that. Uh, many people have disputed how far away he was from the Parliament building when that happened. But I, I'm just saying I don't know how correct it is to say that he... Uh, sort of just went into the crowd uh, for going into the crowd's sake. Uh, my understanding was that he was attempting to access Parliament. I was not suggesting, and if that's the impression, then I apologize. I was not suggesting he went into the crowd to rile them up. But the very fact that they were upset with him, and he came out of the car, and I refuse to believe 
that they could not have been peacefully dispersed to allow the convoy because this is how these ministers prime ministers of the people move when they get into power they move in convoys without riders to protect themselves from the same people who they love so much so let's come to antigua now you must expect antiguans to be upset with all of the muscularity to which dr brathwaite referred and the other things the build-up of frustration people losing their incomes and jobs and so forth what the police in antigua should have done mr murdoch is these people apply for permission to have an event operate within the law but sit with them and say look let us work together so we could have a successful and peaceful event instead you hear the minister mr benjamin saying words to the effect that the police were instructed that's out of place if that is what he really meant that is out of place the police should have sat with the people who are organizing this protest or whatever it is and said look how can we work together to make sure this thing is a success and they're not untoward events or consequences that is the easier way to go it's a peace force not a war force and then to compound the felony they come in these vehicles with all of this tear gas and all of this advanced high-powered um weaponry what, what does that do what is the intention to intimidate the police are there to serve not to allow people to break the law but to, to help people to stay within the law and i blame the police and i blame the government for this approach that is being used Mr. Alex Bruno, the government accuses the uh, the main opposition party, the UPP, of uh, using, as I said, the spectrum of anti-government sentiment over COVID rules and um, over the, the entire state of affairs, state of, of emergency, uh, to, to benefit politically. Uh, now, the UPP has dismissed such statements routinely, um, but let's 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 assume it was another Caribbean island and another government was making that accusation against a main opposition party. Uh, and let's suppose in that other Caribbean island it were the case. What, what would your reaction be? Uh, uh, if you were to 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 believe that a political opposition was doing such a thing no man i i i think it was the government actually who's trying to score political points by trying to implicate the opposition for doing this the opposition will be the opposition no matter what and i do not think the the the, the, the antigua and barbuda opposition um party the the upp would be engaged in first of all undemocratic activities and violent activities uh, i do not think the same is true for dominica or for saint vincent or saint kitts or anywhere else oppositions will agitate as they ought to and sometimes agree as they should um but it's not fair i think um to to, to try and implicate the the opposition party of antigua and Barbuda for engaging in acts which are against the state so to speak the security of the state or anti-democratic activities this is just a chip shot trying to gain political points i don't think it will score any points 
on on behalf of the government and does that does that give the police does that give the police uh, i mean for instance we look at we look at what took place in saint vincent ralph gonzalez was struck in the head um and afterwards he made mm-hmm. a very ominous statement about the backroom authors of violence against his person uh and uh soon after that uh, persons within the main opposition party in saint vincent the grenadines found themselves being visited by police police officers searching their homes uh, arrests being made and so on and so forth i believe mr asavan was uh, discussing some element of that as well um and here we have the prime minister of antigua and barbuda gaston brown in response to uh, the protest that took place on mm-hmm. sunday the 8th uh, uh blaming the main opposition united progressive party uh and saying such things and using such rhetoric as an attempt to destabilize the country uh, you know the threats to destroy our nation does that sort of rhetoric give the police uh, uh uh, a free hand uh, well i don't want to say a free hand but does it inflame the the, the mood yeah. that there may be that you know yeah. uh, what do you think yeah it's uh, yeah it certainly creates a sort of uh, justification for excessive use of force if the commander in chief so to speak the chief executive the prime minister says that the security of the state is so threatened, the police has to react. I mean, within reason in any state. So that's as I said before, it is just an inflated speech that really causes unnecessary police reaction. So yes, Modoc, the police will react when such speeches are displayed, when such statements are put out there. That's why the leaders must be careful what statement they put out, because you really can't blame the police all the time, you know. No, you no. have to blame the leaders. When you put those things out, the police are going to react. The Black Squad is going to react in St. Vincent. The task force in Dominica is going to react. The special unit in Antigua, they're going to react. So the leaders must be very careful because you put people against people. And uh, the police the police have a job on their hands. So I still empathize with the police too in Antigua, you know. It is the leaders we have to talk to. And both the prime minister and the AG must understand, come back and I hope they're listening to our program. And they say, guys, probably these guys are making sense. Let us play. Let's calm it down. Let's let's stop. Not, let's stop blaming the opposition. Let's look. Let's let's have an introspection and let's face our people. It will be better for them moving forward. And uh, Dr. George Brathwaite, um, uh, uh, in the midst of all this and afterwards, there has been increased uh, uh, talk from public officials about the the level of. Uh, hate speech that is that is being meted out towards public officials online. I, I think the uh, the events in St. Vincent and the Grenadines uh, inflamed a lot of that speech, and it is wrong, and it should not occur. Um, and we here at Observer do condemn it. Uh, there is a lot more of it now because uh, sentiment towards the government has gotten so so within certain quarters and for certain people has gotten so much more intense. Uh, how should the government go about dealing with this, especially taking into account the fact that we are dealing with characters and leaders in our government presently who aren't inclined to defuse? That is that is a very insightful and accurate observation. Indeed, I, only earlier today on another program in Barbados, I made the comment that we are seeing two significant things occurring simultaneously. One, the whole notion of representativeness. We elect MPs, but at the same point in time, it is these very elected MPs are representatives that are on the same boat with us, demanding greater deliberation and participation in our democracies. But when the people do exercise that, 
they are told that you're either complaining too much or you should curb your actions. So that's a dilemma that we have to work out. The second dilemma, the strongest glue or bond between the governed and the governing is trust. And as I look around the Caribbean, I am seeing elements suggesting that there is significant decline in the trust between the governed and the governing. Part of it has come about through this COVID-19. The COVID-19 pandemic has exposed it in terms of the information we get, the regularity of the information, the accuracy of the information. So there's a big information deficiency across the region, and it has allowed social media and all these other incursions into our space. So these things, all of these tensions are playing out at this time. And that is particularly why I say that I'm disappointed in the Attorney General and the Prime Minister and the police in Antigua and Barbuda for not, not having exercised a little more flexibility, a little bit more strategic operation or operationality, because that is what was needed. Cripple with courtesy and kill with kindness. And this is a time for increased collaboration, that is with the UPP, NDP, regardless. This is the time to bring persons into your ambit, into your space and say, look, we have a public health problem. We have some legal issues. Some of them are constitutional and some of them, you know, and gray area in terms of people's human rights, etc. Let us resolve this peacefully. Let us come to a win-win situation. That is what is needed from Justin Brown and Mia Motley and all the prime ministers um, in this region. There needs to be discussion. There needs to be collaboration. And the people need to get accurate and timely information. Uh, Mr. Dwyer Astafan, I want to ask you a question just in follow-up to what Dr. George Brathwaite just said um, in terms of how, uh, well, in terms of bipartisanship, to put it in one word. It's not something that happens in Antigua and Barbuda, let's be frank. Um, and and uh, to any statement that's made about uh, cooperation between the opposition and the government, um, the government tends to respond by uh, saying that the opposition is unwilling to join with them uh, to jointly promote issues to do with public health. Um, including uh, getting vaccinated. And the opposition will usually accuse the government of being ingenuine and unwilling to actually compromise You know when it is they, they do have some engagement. So there seems to be, uh, as is the nature of our politics, no possibility of bipartisanship, even in times of crisis. Uh, what do you think of that? Or do you agree with that? Do you think that there is a possibility of bipartisanship? Not with the present mindset of leaders that we have. It happens in all of the islands. Here in St. Kitts, the government likes to speak about an all-of-society approach, but it deliberately excludes the opposition. Um, it is the governments who have politicized the COVID, and it is the governments who must take the political licks for whatever consequences there are from that politicization of the COVID by them, include the opposition. It is also not just an opportune moment, but a re an historic responsibility to show that we can work together and that we must work together in the best interest of our people. Nobody has any sacred right or anointment from God to have an exclusivity and all of the good ideas and policies. 
you are the government. Why would you be threatened by inviting the opposition to sit at the table? They also have supporters. They also have influence. And sit down and talk it through and come up with a common, truly national approach to addressing these problems. And none of the governments seem to be doing it. Certainly not Antigua. Certainly not Dominica and St. Vincent. Certainly not St. Kitts and Nevis. So um, the lack of tact, the lack of inclusiveness, and all of these things, they do not reflect well on the governments. So it is the governments who are politicizing this. I will say, if this is my final comment, that um, Mr. Brown's comments that I heard, I think this morning, about this fellow Hammer Punch, or whatever his name, and how bad Gaston is, and what he did as a small boy with an uppercut. That is not prime ministerial language. That is not statesmanlike language. That is not what prime minister is supposed to be saying. But there's no room for that. And if prime ministers are behaving that way, and this is not the first, and he is not the only one, how the hell do you expect people to behave if you are the leader? Follow the leader. Well, actually, I forgot the dad sent that, that link to you guys. Um, uh, Mr. Alex Bruno, did you have a view at, that, at those comments by the Prime Minister uh, within the frame, of, um, within the frame of, of what we were speaking about in terms of the increased threats uh, that they say that are coming towards politicians online and on various different forums? Um, did you have a, 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 a view at the Prime Minister's response to that? Oh, yes, the Williams, Pidlin, uh, Adlums of the Caribbean would be turning in the grave mm -hmm. to hear someone who occupy the seat that they occupy is using such language. I think it was unbecoming of a prime minister. I think, again, it can, use, it, can, it can serve no useful purpose. And again, I'm calling for the leaders of the region, not just him, because I heard the same kind of sentiments from or Dominican leaders and others as well. Yep. With the same kind of fervor, something is wrong with Caribbean political leadership, Mr. Modoc. And these men and women who lead us must understand that when they're speaking, they're not speaking in 1965 or 1945. We are in 2021. We know better and we expect them to do better. So, Mr. Brown, I'm sorry. That kind of uppercut language is not what you should use at this time of your history in a country where the people are already inflamed by your own action of not informing them in a timely manner and, 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 and unleashing a police on them, Mr. Brown. That cannot be right. It cannot be right. I mean, I can't be scared to say that as a Caribbean man. It cannot be right, Modoc. Something is wrong. Uh, and Dr. George Brathwaite, uh, your final word, uh, as well as your reaction to uh, the PM's statement about... Um uh, uh, defending himself, because uh, he was talking about defending himself against uh, those uh, threats that he says have, have been coming. I, I, I am of the belief that we all have a right and a purpose in defending our families, our property, etc. I also would like to appeal to the people of Antigua, Barbados, people wherever you are through this Caribbean. Don't attack, don't bring violence into this picture. Don't bring violence. Don't threaten politicians. Don't threaten um, officials of the state. We need to keep that out. But most of all, my message 
will be to Prime Minister Brown, a man that I admire and I have worked close with, and I still do. I still do admire him. Uh, soften. Sometimes that little softness can get across the, me the message. There's something called the, the, the politics of visualization. And what people are seeing <clears throat> and hearing is that muscular and combative tone, but not in their interest. It is something that actually threatens their livelihoods. And people don't want their livelihoods threatened when they're already threatened with the, this pandemic. So let us all see how we can amend, make changes, go forward in collaboration. Let's talk, let's talk. But the reality is just soften on the language. There's nothing wrong defending your turf, but soften your language. Cripple with courtesy and kill with kindness. That's it. Uh, with that, we're going to end this segment here. I want to say thank you. We are a bit over time. I want to say thank you to all three of our guests this afternoon. Uh, Dr. George Brathwaite was the last speaker you just heard. He's a lecturer in the Department of Government, Sociology, Social Work, and Psychology at the University of the West Indies, Cave Hill. He's also a former consultant editor at the Caribbean Times. Uh, we were joined as well by Mr. Alex Bruno, political analyst, adjunct instructor of politics at the Palm Beach State College and a national of Dominica. Uh, and finally, we were joined by Mr. Dwyer Astafan. He is an attorney at law. Uh, he's a former uh, member of parliament in St. Kitts and Nevis, served three terms, and he was a cabinet minister over 13 years, holding various portfolios. Uh, thanks to all three of you for joining us this afternoon. Thank, thank you very you. much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank thank you, to the conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dwayne. Thank, thank you.